Welcome to For What It's Worth. Wait, wait, we're doing this thing? An introduction to and exploration of the furry fandom. I just want you to know that you're all perverts. I don't know what I'm doing here. Warning! This show is not dishwasher safe. I'm an innocent fox here. Neither are those two fools and your hosts, Root and Tugs. Actually, you guys are streaming live. Oh. Woo! So we are Where? live. So I want to see you fix this, of course. <laughs> well, thank you so much for that fire breath. Canned laughter is the best laughter. I know. That's so awesome. <laughs> we'll pretend to laugh. Just kidding. So welcome to For What It's Worth, Season 5, Episode 8, Duh. Which we'll be talking about is whether or not that this fandom is full of dumb people. Our oh special God. guest is Nuka and Arcus. Who we will introduce in a little bit. Yes, what What are you I going wrote on over there? duh when I wrote these show notes and I intended to come back and actually come up with something clever. But now it's now been said that it's <laughs> duh. So that is the title of this episode. Duh. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of stuff going You can change it to something else. Nope, it's been, you have already said it. It is okay. recorded in the internet's memory forever. Well, so what have you been up to, Mr. Tugs? I have been, well, when did we record last? It was right before New Year. So I, I want to thank you for introducing me to the fact that not only is there maple crown royal, but there is now apple crown royal. How was that? That was good. That so was good. good. And then I, they did like mixture shots between yeah, the two. Yeah. I, I invented the apple pancake. That was good. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Uh, it was a nice low key New Year. Just the right amount of New Year I wanted. Um, and then been just busting ass at work. The holidays for me don't end till after FC. So i uh, been just crunching work to be gone for a week and a half. Yeah. And uh, that's coming up on, I leave Tuesday. That so. will be fun. I'm super excited for you and super jelly because I'm not going to be able to be there. Do you want to go? I would love to, okay. but I, I can't. We leave Tuesday. Oh. Yeah, we've got room. Dogs. It's kind of short notice. What? Talking on the microphone. I am. No, you're not. You're talking to the side of it. <laughs> okay, there. I moved it. Um, and then the other thing I've been doing is I imported the newest Rhythm Heaven because Nintendo sucks. And won't we be westernizing it as far as I know? So I've really been enjoying that. Which is, it's kind of the ultimate best of edition for the 3DS. Well, I'll have to look at it. I, I don't know anything about it, so. Didn't you, have you never played a Rhythm Heaven game? Uh, I've played some Rhythm games, like. No, Rhythm Heaven is a franchise specifically. No, I haven't. Oh, yeah, it's really good. I'll have to try it out. Speaking of which, I've been playing Dying... Well, Dying Light. Dying Dark. Yeah, I put Dying Dark. Well, no, it's your turn. So, yeah, Dying Dark. How yeah. is it? What's it on? Well, it's on PlayStation 4. I think it's on other things, too. I mean, definitely, it's on PC and stuff like that. So. Oh, Final Fantasy IX is coming out on PC. Ooh, are you excited? I am. Ooh. Anyway. And... How was, how I, was I was just going to talk about the New Year's party, too. It was great. Yeah? Yeah. I was able to raise a glass with you and bring in the New Year's with some good friends. So, it was fun. So, Happy New Year's to everybody. Yeah. This has kind of been a weird opening. I don't no, know what's wrong short, with it. it's a short opening. It's a good <laughs> opening. A good egg. I want an egg. Let's just say not much has been going on in either of our lives. We're boring people. No, no. We've just been really chilling after the New Year. So let's do this thing. That. He's only have eight. 
It's Rue's Cookie Time. All right, so here is today's cookie, our brightest blaze of gladness are commonly kindled by unexpected sparks in bed with the cookie. Your bed is an oven. I love it. Is your bed an oven? Yes, it is. I'm really hot. That's that's why my boyfriend won't snuggle with me at your night. Your second, remember? My second, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you call him that. Why? I don't know. I don't know. He's my second. He's like my sidekick. He's he's your. Are you saying he's Robin? You know what? I'm sure Robin and Batman did it all the time. And welcome back from Potty Break. We hope that you paused your iPod or podcatcher of choice, took that moment, and are now feeling refreshed. You know what? I'm sure that people, when they're taking their potty breaks, are actually just standing right at the urinal and doing it as they're listening. Please don't take me with you to the bathroom. (laughs) Unless we've discussed this together beforehand. Well, this is a perfect segue introducing our guest. It is the perfect segue. Speaking of of guests, let's introduce our first guest, who's Arcus. So, Arcus, how are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. So, you are local, and we we are very picky about our guests, as you may have noticed by now, because you have asked about the show several times as we have hung out. Um, But I thought that you were a very good debater, as uh, we have had many spirited debates. Um, And so I invited you on, but... The people really need to know the important things about you, which is, what species are you? I'm a bear. A bear. And what color are you? Blue. So he's a blue bear. Now, are you part of the Affirmative Bear Coalition? (laughs) Yep. And I'm also a grizzly. Oh. See, I actually didn't know the grizzly part. I just assumed generic. Nope. Grizzly. Oh, okay. What do you like to do in your free time? Well, let's see. Um, I love computers. I love brewing beer. So I'm not a teetotaler. But, <laughs> do you do you brew blue beer? Mm, I I could, but it would take food coloring, and I'm kind of against that kind of thing. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so there's our first guest. Yes, and then we have Nuka, oh. which I'm not even going to attempt to spe- um, say your last name. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So uh, so yeah. we. we um, Nuka is our information expert for this episode. So, so here's the thing: you are you actually have a PhD in social psychology, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I'm a uh, full blown uh, actual doctor of psychology. So, what is social psychology as compared to sociology? Uh, social psychologists like to say that we're sociologists who actually collect data. <laughs> sociologists come up with really fun-sounding theories and social psychologists say well, that's nice let's let's actually get some data and run the numbers do, do you you have to take like psych 101 and like do the normal psychology study too right oh yeah i, I mean at this point i teach psych 101 but uh um yeah you have to go through and get an actual psychology degree um not through like the clinical sort of branch but you you become a research psychologist and you specialize in um group dynamics so i study how people interact and we've referenced your known body of work to the fandom on our show several times before. So tell us about the Anthropomorphic Research Project. Um, so 
Yeah, the Anthropomorphic Research Project is a group of, we, we say we're an international group because it's technically scientists from the Canada and the United States, so we get to throw that on there. Um, but we're a team of psychologists uh, who've been studying the furry fandom for between six and ten years, depending on which member you're talking about. Um, and yeah, we, you know, we all, we're all psychologists first, and we, we study our own little thing, and the furry fandom just kind of, uh, we all add our own flavor of research to it, so... Uh, I study dehumanization and fantasy, and I study that within the context of furries. <clears throat> so, tell us a little bit about your character. Uh, my character, so Nuka, uh, yep. you're referring to. That's correct. Um, he's a, a blue cat in a lab coat. <laughs> Not much more to it than that. It's I, I've always kind of liked cats, so... Nuka's a blue cat, and he's usually, since I do science, I always get artwork of him running around and various states of being on fire and uh, doing science, as it were. <laughs> so as a scientist, you are required to have one glass beaker and a Bunsen burner. Do you have these things? I act, I'm looking at uh, several pieces of glassware uh, on my shelf right now. I don't own a Bunsen burner, sadly, but I do own uh, jars and beakers full of mysterious uh, colored fluids. Good. <laughs> All right. That's really sketchy now. <laughs> no, yes, really. I, I've, I've got the same stuff. I've, I do electroplating. <laughs> so I've got like, you know, green nickel uh, electrolyte and uh, like uh, blue copper electrolyte and all that stuff. I used to tend bars. So uh, a lot of these are, are cocktails and things in, in jars that I've accumulated over the past few years. Nice. <laughs> so the, the Anthropomorphic Research Project is kind of um, – it's, it's this big body of knowledge that I, we're going to probably be using, I guess, as the big foundation for today's topic. Uh, and so you, you've gathered a wide variety of statistics. So what kind of statistics do you gather through that project about the fandom? Um, okay, so at, at any given con, like we, we – I guess to back up a bit, we, we do research at both conventions and online. So usually it's in the form of surveys. Uh, and most of them start off with the very basic demographics. So at almost any con, we ask people the very basics, how many you know, men and women are in the fandom, ages, income, that sort of thing. And then usually um, we tack on a combination of questions that psychologists would care about and then a handful of questions that furries care about but that psychologists have no interest in. So like uh, furries are interested in, hey, what are the most popular species in the fandom? And psychologists are interested in, um, hey, you know, what about global citizenship or stigmatized identities? <laughs> how, how many responses have you received over the years? Uh, to date, over the last six years, we've received responses from about 20,000 furries in more than 70 countries. So that's a pretty big sample size audience. So <laughs> <laughs> we're, not, we're not just cherry picking what we want to talk about <laughs> statistically. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so... A lot of us have heard about the phrase fucking furries, right? I think, Arcus, I think that's the thing I hear you say the most, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, when we were framing this episode and getting it ready, that was part of, like, why Why is that a thing? And then, um, you know, a lot of other things have happened. And um, actually, we have an email from, I think it's, it's Zavos. Um, and then we also have an email from Maverick um, that we're going to kick off with. And I think we're actually going to take Maverick's email first um and arcus has that okay so from maverick are furries stupid this question has been asked so many times by so many people many people would say yes many would say no how i see it is that we're not stupid as a group only some of us like rue 
<laughs> Just kidding. Love you, Rue. Oh. <laughs> anyway, when people say yes, I see this as just false generalizing. Generalizing a group happens a lot. I struggle with it as a Catholic. I'm generalized as an uptight or do right or go to hell type when in fact I am not. It is easy to generalize furries as stupid, animal crazed sexual deviants that just pretend to be animals. But to actually see what we are, you must actually look into yourself. Now, real quick, in my last email, I did not mention, did not mean to make my mother look bad. I don't know if that was read. I love her very much and agree with her in most things she says, so I apologize. Your fan in bed with a cookie, Maverick. Wow. Uh, wow. What? In bed with a cookie? Oh, yeah. Okay, so we're we going to throw generalization in the hat tonight. And what, what do you have from uh, Zevos? Okay, Zevos says, hello there, Casta, for what it's worth. I'm a new listener, and although my opinions are a bit generic, I thought I may be, it may be worth a shot in the, in the dark. I didn't even finish that email, so sorry. Let me try again. Yes, he sent us two emails. So. He hit enter prematurely. Yes. Premature entering is a very serious problem. Let's get straight to the point and answer your question on whether or not the furries are dumb. Yes and no. In any and all fandoms, fandom subcultures and groups have their shared of fairly simple-minded or difficult people. So it is not the quality of being a furry that is what makes us dumb or bad. My view is that it simply happens to every group more or less and that our mere existence is enough to set some people off. Why? I don't know. I guess we're just too awesome. Sincerely, a listener, Zavos the Fox. I mean, the, the dragon. A Sorry. fox. Yes, the, wow. the fox. He said a lewd listener. Oh, a lewd <laughs> listener. I, I remember I tripped on my tongue that I think <laughs> episode two ago about that. So, um, there are some schools of thought there. And then the one other uh, fact we are going to bring into this before we start asking our guests all these questions and hearing their opinions and Arcus arguing the devil's advocate, <laughs> which I'm very excited for, um, are some facts. So here are some facts. Now, I had to go reread the letter just to be sure I got it right. So everyone has heard what's happening with Rain First. That seems to kind of be the latest peak of interesting shall we say behavior in the furry fandom so here is what happened from the convention itself so the venue for the rainforest was the hilton at SeaTac. they experienced more damage from rainforest than all their other events combined for the year there were towels stuffed into the hot tub pumps there were er, sorry multiple bathroom floodings at least two three people went to the hospital two times the police were called and this was so bad that the hotel broke contract and walked away from a sellout for multiple years. That's a big deal for a hotel. Um, FC, while they didn't have as many problems, I personally actually witnessed what happened in this particular instance, experienced petty vandalism in which all the flora and fauna in the different lobbies outside the elevator banks at the Hilton were all moved to one floor. So basically, if you got out on, I think it was the fifth floor, you looked like you came out into a jungle. Which did not make the hotel happy. And it's funny sounding, but it's aggravating to the hotel. 
um, Furry Unlocked, which is the local convention, also had petty vandalism where someone tried to flood out the bathroom and someone shut down the Headless Lounge on Sunday by smoking weed in it. So, this is not an isolated phenomenon terrain first. Are furries dumb? All right, so during your discussions before the show, um, you were defining with the concept of what dumb meant. Yeah, How would I, I, you wouldn't, define... I wouldn't be a good academic if I didn't get really pedantic right off the bat and start asking really pointless questions like that. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, how are you going to define dumb then? Um, well, actually, I want to, yeah, so I, I'll say that there's an issue with, with saying our furry is dumb. The question is too simple because, I mean, dumb can mean a lot of things. Dumb can mean are the, you know, does the furry fandom, you know, if you gave them an IQ test, would they, you know, fail it? Uh Another way to think about dumb is are furries just really immature? Do they have you know the uh, the emotional intelligence of a ten year old? Um, another way is are they socially clueless or are they unaware of social norms? Um, another way to define dumb is um, are they just not functional in day to day life? Do they have problems balancing a budget, paying the rent, keeping a job, having friends? Um, so I think uh, rather than asking a very broad question of you know are furries dumb? It's worth asking, you know, sort of narrowing and figuring out what exactly you want to ask about. Um, because I think when you're talking about the kinds of behavior that you, you see at these cons, um, you're not asking necessarily about, you know, these, these aren't issues of book smarts. It's not furries are, are too, you know, uh, they, they, they never read a textbook and realized that, oh, this towel probably shouldn't go in this hot tub pump, right? Um, we're really talking about something else here, and it seems like it's talking about issues of social norms, um, you know, do furries uh, sort of forget that this is inappropriate behavior uh, or, or think that, you know, it's okay to act this way uh, in public or even on, on sort of private property, as is the case with these hotels? Um, so I, I think it's not a question of are furries dumb, but rather, you know, why do furries engage in this seemingly antisocial or maladaptive behavior? I mean, is it limited to just furries? You get a large group of people together in any venue. <laughs> then you're going to have similar issues. I mean, it seems to me more of an issue of control or security than it does the furries themselves. It is It is a fair question. And actually, we do have some stuff down the road for that as far as background and so forth. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, though, Arcus, how do you define dumb? Well, like he was saying, it's very general. There are a lot of different ways it could be applied. So in the context you're using it, it would be just... Uh, yeah, socially maladjusted. Okay, so now we have the contract. <laughs> the contract? The contract. Everyone has agreed that we're going to so refine this. talking about. Yes, our, our right. furries maladjusted. Maladjusted. Is that going to be the new topic? I mean, the new heading? <laughs> the new heading. Sorry, Nuka, you were saying? Oh, I was going to say, uh, but I can be even more pedantic and say that there's two other parts to your question that you're missing. Uh, now that we've defined what dumb is, the second part of the question is, and it was kind of touched on already, um, are, you can't just say, are furries dumb, but dumb compared to who? Uh, are we talking dumb compared to a 45-year-old business major? Are we talking about dumb compared to 13-year-olds? Dumb compared to um, other members of other fandoms? Um, so rather than asking in isolation, we have to ask it in this sort of relative way. You know, uh, are furries any more dumb than you would see in another comparable group of people? Which is, which was that what you were getting at? Yes, it was. Okay. So do we have, uh, what body should we compare to then? 
Um, well, I think it's meaningful. If you want to make a fair comparison, you want to compare apples to apples. I think it's worth comparing to – the first thing that comes to mind is uh, anime fans because this is a group uh, with whom there's some overlap with the furry fandom. We do find that a small percentage of anime fans are furries and likewise a, a significant percentage of furries are anime fans. Um, this approximately the same age. Um, they're interested in similar kinds of media. Things like cosplaying happens at both conventions. Um, so I think it's it's kind of apt to make those sorts of comparisons to think what would you find at an anime convention if you want to ask are furries uh, dumb? Do we have data available for that? Um, not as such, <laughs> but it, but it's worthwhile to at least keep that in mind if we're going to ask in this in this sort of way. Uh, keep in mind we're comparing furries as a fandom to another group of young, predominantly male. Uh, socially ostracized group of folks <laughs> i gotcha i gotcha okay so while while that's rolling around in everyone's head here's another email this one is from leo um he says hello for what it's worth leo the artistic tiger chiming in hmm well this is kind of weird on me to say if our fandom is dumb we have a lot of smart and gifted artists writers and talents and so on but i wouldn't call us dumb maybe sensitive our fandom is based heavily around the internet, and it's a blessing and curse. A blessing because we have a huge fandom, um, and we place in places and cities around the world, but it's hard to defend ourselves against internet trolls, and I feel sometimes that that's a misstep. We love the fandom so much, and we go to any lengths to defend it, but you know the saying, never feed the troll. At first I did this being a knight and trying my best to slay the menace, but it would never work. If you reply to more, then more, if you reply to one, more will come. But for more recent events involving Rain First, I can't comment on it due to the fact I never looked into it or heard anything from it. Maybe I wasn't paying attention. Well, there are my two cookies worth on this. Sincerely, Leo the Artist sent from my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> we read the whole email. Oh my goodness, Tugs. Ah, <laughs> oh, two cookies worth. Two cookies worth. Yes. All right, and then we also have an email from Kenny. Kenny. All right. Kenny, is it filled with dumb people? Well, sort of. There are always going to be some very derpy kids roaming around the community, but yes, it does have some flaws. For me, I see the many dumb furries as the most vocal. Some have to do with a good number of them. Some of it has to do with that, a good number of them being teenagers and enjoying the silly he said, she said drama. Although there are others that just want to hate, like on Rain Furrist, where many on Twitter went so far as to pin the massive property damage on all the baby furs just to put them under the bus. Not sure what you mean by the jokes, though. I mean, the holiday puns are annoying, and even after hearing them for eight years, but that's about it. I personally do not believe that the whole community is dumb, though. There are many wiser furs out there, though most are probably losing their minds during finals. Journals about those are as frequent as those uh, YCH posts. Oh, I see each post. You get you get privilege of first response, Arcus, since you did read the email. So if you have anything you'd like to respond to. Yeah, well, there there is that, too. There is a good point to be made where sometimes the most vocal people in the community can be misrepresentative of the community as a whole. You see that even outside of the furry community. I mean, it seems to be those on the fringes or those with the most fringe-like opinions seem to be the most vocal and the moderates are more quiet. So it does put a bad face on things at times. This is something I have no idea about. Nuka, you know more about this. Yeah. What's up? 
So, <laughs> so the is basically the the loudest ones. The loudest ones usually tend to have uh, fringe opinions and be the, seen the most. Right. Um, I don't know if that's the case. It's more so the case that the way human psychology works is that we're drawn. We remember things that are different. You know, you might hear ten opinions online, but the one that was the you know the most dumb and and just made you shake your head and go, "What? That's the one you're going to remember, and you're going to forget the nine well thought out rational opinions." Um, it could also be the case, of course, that people who lack uh, an understanding of social norms of what's you know sort of proper or right to do are the ones who have no qualms about acting really, um, you know, all caps lock or shouting or taking up more than their share of the time. Um, those are the ones you're going to notice uh, because they just because they sort of violate social uh, conventions are the ones that stand out more. Um, but I don't think it's necessarily the case that just because it's a dumb thing, uh, by virtue of that, it's going to stand out more. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I did want to oh. touch, if, if, if it's okay, I don't want to hijack the conversation. Oh, no, this no, is fine. Ahead. This is the whole point is go for it. <laughs> I was going to say, I wanted to touch on what a couple of emails have said, and I, I, I think what Arcus might have said as well. Um, the, the other problem I had with the question, the, this is the last one, I promise, um, is you have to make sure you make a distinction between are all furries dumb or are there some dumb furries? Uh, because I think we can all agree that there are some dumb furries, just like there are some dumb anyone. You take any group of people and you'll find some dumb people in there. Um, but to go back to the further confusion, um, if you read the letter, it said that five badges were pulled uh, in total, uh, and that's five you, badges. To Rainforest, you mean? Pardon me? Do you or mean Rainforest? Rain sorry. Okay, yeah. cool. Okay. Um, five badges were pulled, and they had a convention attendance of just over 2,700 people. Yeah. So we're talking about like 0.2% of all, at, uh, all the attendees there. Um, so when we're talking about some dumb furries, we're probably talking about a really small, extreme sliver of behavior here. That's certainly not representative of what the vast majority of furries are. So if you want to say, are all furries dumb, you're really asking about the behavior of, of at least in this case, you're asking about the behavior of a tiny, tiny fraction of the fandom. Um, and you want to, again, you want to avoid those kinds of generalizations um, that say, you know, the whole fandom is like this. Well, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Okay. So, okay. So if that's the case, then some of, um, you know, as far as us being... You know, if we are considered to be dumb, let's just say this is a possibility. Sure. Maybe we're maybe what we're doing is we're harboring these people that are giving the fandom a bad image. We're protecting them, or oh, you know, oh, so and so did this, and th I I don't know how I'm what I'm trying to explain. I'm just basically trying to say that are we trying to keep those people. Um, are we saving them from themselves? Yeah, are we are we saving, not saving them from themselves? Are we trying to keep them, um, instead of like saying, "Okay, you screwed up. There's the door. Get out of here." You know, the fact that the fandom is so inclusive, I think, is what you're saying. The fandom is so inclusive that we find it really hard to kick anyone out. Exactly. It, are we dumb in that factor that we're <laughs> not um, kicking the trouble trouble people to the curb? Or are we smart in keeping those those people that have caused these continued issues? I mean, you know, everybody here has heard, you know, certain, you know, you can think of some sort of a furry that has caused a numerous amount of, of drama. 
um, you know, is it is it dumb of us for us to continue to keep them? Like, is there a way that we can just be like, no, these people have to, you know, leave? No, I, I know of a few who have been banned from numerous cons. So, um, I mean, there are a select few, but uh, I, that does happen. Well, I would also argue that a lot of – I don't think we're dumb, first of all, in, in not kicking out certain troubled people. I think it's more a matter of um, furries are really open-minded. They're very forgiving. And in part, it's because uh, the research suggests that a lot of furries were picked on. A lot of furries were bullied um, and, and have experienced for themselves what it's like to be kicked out or ostracized or shunned. And I think there is a lot of hesitation to uh, – at least among a lot of furries – to kick anyone out or make anyone feel unwelcome. And I think perhaps some people might take advantage of that or um, it may lead to, you know, maybe, you know, no one speaks up when maybe someone ought to speak up and say, hey, this isn't acceptable. Um, but I don't think it's a matter of, you know, we're, we're too dumb to realize that this is probably not a thing we want in our fandom. Do we have, uh, <laughs> or do you have data on bullying statistics? Like, is there a lot of bullying background in the fandom? So we find uh, about 60 to 70% of furries were bullied significantly uh, in their developmental years, so the age of sort of 11 to 19. Um, and that's about 50% uh, more than you find in the general population. So in the general population, you see it's closer to 40%. You see 20% more uh, in the furry fandom at around 60%. And it's, it's, this is after taking into account the fact that furries are also much more likely to be gay. So you get picked on, you know, to start if you're if you're gay, but then tack on to the fact that oh, you're also a furry, and it just makes it worse for you. I think I need to get my eyebrows off the ceiling. Well, <laughs> what? everyone in this room just went whoa at yeah. that fact. I mean, that's a huge deal. Well, why uh, do you have any correlation with that data, or like, uh, uh, do you have any? Um, hypothesis or, or reasoning of why you think that is the, the, the why, numbers why are furries picked on <laughs> well why were they picked on in their childhood no you mean? no um never mind well, no no no. The, no no the, you're going down the gay. i just want to know the, specifically what you're asking yeah no no the gay um okay. stuff oh so well, well the gay thing we find that the furry fandom is depending on whose numbers you use uh between four and five times more likely to be gay than in the general population um, I have a wonderful slide that I use in my, uh, my talks, like the one I'm giving at FC, but there's a slide where you show that about 80% of the general American population self-identifies as exclusively heterosexual. That number is only 20% in the furry fandom. Wow. And, and so when you consider how much stigma the gay community has experienced, um, you know, in the last, you know, well, forever, it seems, um, it's not surprising that furries, you know, given that they're more prone to being gay, experience that kind of stigma. And then again, pile on top of it, the fact that they also have this unconventional or unusual interest. And it's kind of a, a recipe for, for getting picked on in one form or another. So does that lead to the tendency then, the behavior to not want to say, no, that's enough? Yeah, because a lot of furries describe the fandom as the first time in their life where they actually felt like they belonged. It's a sense of community that they've been searching for. And I think the last thing you want to do when, when, you, when you find this and you feel like, I'm finally here, is say, oh, but you can't come in. We don't want you here. It kind of makes you feel sort of horrible to do it. Well, I, and, you know, going back to 
honestly how I really feel is I, I'm the same exact way. You know, whenever it comes to, uh, like, when I organize something, I hate it when you have these particular people that it's like, oh, I don't like it if so-and-so's there. I'm not going to come if so-and-so's there, you know. But I understand that there is a line, you know, if there's somebody that has, uh, you know, a record, you know, I can understand, you know, in not inviting somebody that has, you know, done a lot of, it depends on what it is, you know, exactly. But, um, you know, as far as with the activities, it's kind of like invite everybody, let everybody come. And, you know, I, I don't like exclusive things, but that's just me and my, my personality, how I am. Well, you, you mentioned another point that I think is, uh, I'll throw some psychological babble out here. There's a phenomenon called pluralistic ignorance, which is the idea that everyone in the room is thinking something, but doesn't realize that no one else um, is thinking the same thing. So everyone in the room might be thinking, um, oh man, I wish that person wouldn't come. That person's a real source of trouble. Um, but no one, because the norms in the fandom are so big on openness and acceptance, no one wants to be that person who actively says what everyone's thinking. Well, and then when you do have that person that comes and speaks out <laughs> and says, hey, this person has done this and this, what ends up happening to that particular person is they end up turning to look like that they're this evil, terrible person, and this other person is now a victim. Yeah, they look like the bad guy, yeah. Yeah, that person looks like that they're the bad guy, and then the person that's the troublemaker is now the victim and then they play the victim card <laughs> and it seems like it's this never-ending cycle all right so with that in mind we're going to go to break and then we're going to come back and i'm going to i'm dying to know what arcus is thinking after listening to this for the last few minutes so we're going to take our break and then we will be back with more we want you to do our ident click do our ident on the for what it's worth website Hailing frequencies open, Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Friday, February 15th, here are your space headlines. NASA has awarded ULA the contract to launch their next asteroid exploration mission, Lucy. The mission will visit a set of asteroids in Jupiter's orbit called the Trojans, meaning they're in Jupiter's orbital path, but it points ahead or behind at two Lagrange points found there. Lucy will fly atop an Atlas V rocket in the 401 configuration, meaning 4-meter fairing, no strap-on solid boosters, and one Centaur upper stage engine. She's currently slated to launch in October of 2021. Telesat has signed a contract with Blue Origin to launch a fleet of broadband satellites using their new Glenn rocket, once it's up and flying. This could potentially mean the launch of hundreds of these satellites into low Earth orbit. New Glenn is Blue Origin's answer to SpaceX's Falcon 9 and its rapid reusability. New Glenn is still in development, but scheduled to see its first flight in 2021. NASA's Mars InSight lander has successfully deployed its seismometer. This highly sensitive instrument will be able to tell us more about Mars's interior by monitoring Mars quakes. Up next for the lander is to deploy its other major science instrument, the 5-meter heat probe. With both of these instruments, we'll be able to learn a lot about the red planet's internal makeup. SpaceX recently conducted a static fire test of a Falcon 9, specifically the one that will carry the first-ever Crew Dragon capsule, though this one will be uncrewed for the test flight. The launch date has continued to slip, as is expected when developing new space hardware. As of right now, launch is scheduled for March 2nd. 
A CubeSat was deployed from the ISS to test new sample return technology. As of right now, there are only two ways to down mass, or return material from the ISS, that aren't considered experimental. SpaceX's Dragon capsule and the Russian Soyuz, which carries people as well when it returns. This small sample return technology could allow for fast, reliable, and cheap downmassing for individual small experiments. An experimental British satellite tested a harpoon in space. This is meant to be part of an effort to deorbit space junk. There's a video of it, and it's pretty impressive. Let's get to work and keep our space clean. Finally, a bit of sad news. NASA has officially called end of mission for the Opportunity rover. OPI was an extraordinary mission, designed to last only 90 Mars days, but went on nearly 15 years, driving farther on any non-Earth body than any rover has driven. She went into safe mode last year during a dust storm, and controllers could not wake her back up. I look forward to the day when we can send someone to wipe the dust off her solar cells and wake her back up. Good night, Oppie. You were the best. That's all for this round. Stay tuned for the next episode of For What It's Worth for more. Until next time, this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up, space fans. For the derpy ones, here's a reminder. You're listening to For What It's Worth. Welcome back. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe she's dumb. <laughs> really? Wow. I was like, that's kind of an odd way for you to re- reintroduce. <laughs> so if you didn't know what we're talking about, we are talking about dumb. And we're dumb. talking about dumb. Yeah, we are talking about dumb dumbs. Before I read Charleston's email, Arcus, I wanted to get your thoughts on what we were talking about before. Well, I was just uh, saying previously that as far as excluding individuals from the fandom, that's not something that can be done. I, not without being even worse of a person than the people that you're trying to exclude. I mean, realistically, it's an online community first and foremost. So the most you can do is as ban them from some cons and maybe some local groups, but you can't get rid of them entirely. So it's kind of a moot point to talk about getting rid of undesirable elements. It's more productive to talk about how we could deal with them positively, I guess. That, that does bring up a good question, because the thing is, is it's like when when I've had to deal with my own anxieties and kind of learn how to be an adult, I've realized work is OK because there's structure there. If someone decides to screw me at work, the boss can fire them. Right. right. Which is nice. But when it, when furry is just this loose social construct, who's the who's the boss? <laughs> you know, it isn't Tony Danza for like, you know, I mean, that's a bad joke. But I mean. What what do we do ultimately? And this is again another Nuka question, I guess. But what what do you do when you don't have that kind of structure? What's the social phenomenon going to? Output? Well, I would argue that there there is a thing that furries can do. I mean, uh, I agree with what Arcus said that practically it's you know there's no way to pull the plug on a person um, deciding they still want to be a furry, but. One of the most effective tools in sort of the human repertoire is social ostracism. Um, and, and in most instances, nothing will correct behavior faster than feeling like you've got a whole bunch of people mad at you at once. Um, so you can say, oh, you're just banning a person from the con or, oh, you're just banning a furry from this particular forum. But when you think about it, most of what furries do is interact with one another at conventions and at uh, sort of online in forums. 
Um, so I think even though there's no one boss saying get out, you're fired, um, with some kind of social disapproval, if enough furries band around and say, hey, look, this kind of behavior isn't acceptable, um, either you've got the strength of numbers to, to physically keep this person away or you send a pretty powerful message to this person that, hey, um, you're acting this way is really not, not allowed here. But the problem is, is then it's so easy for them to play the victim card. They are then the victim, and so therefore they have this group of people, this other group of people that comes in and says, hey guys, you know, you, you need to be nice, you play nice, you know, be nice to this person. And then you have those people that are like writing them like, I'm so sorry that this is happening to Ian, you know, because furries do care about people and they want to reach out to those people that are being, you know, hurt or belittled because they, like you said in your research, um, they themselves have been bullied. And so therefore, when they see somebody else that's being bullied, they, I don't know, that's my personal opinion, is then they jump in and and help that particular individual, and then it's this never-ending cycle. Well, I would agree that in you know a lot of furries are very sympathetic, or you know, are, you know have a a very high threshold for for what they'll put up with. Um, but even the most um, compassionate, empathic person, after some point, if this person screws up seriously enough, you know, if you're if you're the person who causes an entire convention to go down because of your actions. Um, and if they really were that atrocious, and if you've got this much of a reputation, um, at some point, people will stop defending you. It may take a while to get there, but even the most staunch, um, sort of bleeding heart, people will at some point say, look, this is costing me friends. This is, you know, at some point, I can't defend your actions anymore. And then at that point, they change their persona <laughs> name, and they're right back in. <laughs> Ultimately, you, there's no foolproof way. I know, I know. So, so go ahead, Arcus. Well, I was just curious. Uh, it sounds like you've collected a large amount of data. Um, have you bothered to build models with it? Like, have you found what your average furry actually looks like? Have you done that, like regression models and that kind of statistical analysis? Uh, I absolutely love structural equation modeling. Uh, we build lots of multiple regression models. Um, we haven't, very rarely do we collect data on physical appearance. Um, in part, I guess, as psychologists, we don't, you know, well, I, mean, a, I guess that's a little less interesting to us. I know I meant Dr. More oh, like, I meant more like a mental buildup. Like, these are the attributes that you're most likely to find within. Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, you, you name it, and we've probably got data on, on sort of what makes furries tick. <laughs> um, I was actually going to suggest, if you're interested, I, I jotted down a couple notes about the sort of what about the furry fandom makes furries this perfect storm for, for dumb, <laughs> the kind of dumb that we're talking about at a convention. Um, Let's do is that it. something you'd want to hear? Yes. <laughs> All right, so I have seven points here. These are the seven things that make, you know, that, that this perfect storm for, for dumb. Uh, the first one is that the fandom is a really young group. Uh, that statistically, most furries, the vast majority of furries, are under the age of 25. Um, and if you know anything about sort of brain science, the human brain isn't fully developed until about the age of 25. So you have a bunch of people running around um, with with uh, sort of not missing, but with underdeveloped parts of their brain that are responsible for impulse control and critical thinking. So that's number one. 
Um, you've got a predominantly male group. The fandom is more than 80% male, uh, and males are more associated with impulsivity and aggression. Uh, so that certainly doesn't help. Um, you've got a fandom that's, uh, because it's sort of a geeky, nerdy fandom, it's on the outskirts of what's sort of considered normal in society. Uh, we have a lot of norms that say, hey, don't be normal. It's okay to be weird. Um, someone touched earlier on the fact that it's an internet-based forum. And on the internet, uh, you can kind of get away with a lot more than you can get away with in person. So when you have a convention, people kind of forget, oh, I'm not on the internet anymore. Uh, I can't act the way I do online. Um, there's a lot of anonymity associated with personas. Um, so I was, as was mentioned before, you can change your fursona. You can, you know, this fursona isn't tied to your legal name. And if psychology has taught us anything, it's that when you make a person anonymous, they do things that they you know, would, wouldn't normally do when their name was tied to it. Um, the sixth thing is the fact that we have a high turnover rate in the fandom. Uh, a lot of the furries, by the time they get to an age where they're sort of smart enough to know better, they typically leave the fandom. A lot of furries leave the fandom in their late 20s, early, early 30s. And so you have a lot of newer furries coming in and not a lot of older furries sticking around. And I guess the last point I was going to make was the fact that we have all these norms in the fandom about how weird and crazy conventions are. We know that drinking and craziness happens at cons. We tell stories about these things and we sort of revere them. And so when you have a first timer go to a convention, this is what they this is what they think they're supposed to be doing. So all that kind of culminates in this perfect storm of, you know, dumb is just waiting to happen. Does that answer your question a little bit? Yes, it does. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of went on a... No, 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 you're good. That's, a, that's called a thorough answer is what that is. <laughs> yes. All right. So here's Charleston's email. He says, hello there, Rue Tugs with two Gs. I only have one G in my name and everyone else I'm supposed to upset. I've been mega busy here in Britain since I finally got myself a perm job, so I haven't actually had a chance to listen to some of your latest podcasts. Don't worry, though. I will give them a listen sometime soon. And now to answer your question, is the fandom dumb? Simple answer. Nope. Detailed answer. Um, society seems to think only that knowledge and memory are what makes people intelligent. Arguably, the biggest reason for this is that Western education systems focus too much on exams and revision. There are, however, multiple ways in which someone can display intelligence. There are matters like problem-solving, rationality, philosophy, observational skills, and what I think the fandom really excels in creativity. Not only does every fur I know show amazing talent in a wide variety of arts, um... But the open-mindedness of the fandom, which comes from its creative spark, shows an amazing skill to do something I think society as a whole struggles with, except diversity. It's not often you can sniff someone you're blessed with with a wet nose or wear a tell as a representation of who you are without looking like a weirdo. Our world is full of standards, some of which are reasonable in the right situations, but mostly completely harmless if ignored. We as human beings only choose to follow them because of this fear we'd be humiliated or cast away if we choose to leave them behind. But with a lot of open-minded furs within reason, you can do those sorts of things and be your weird self by simply letting others be weird with you. You should ask for their permission, of course, but from what I've found, it's far more common for furs to say yes than a regular person would. In a world ruled by people in suits and ties, the fandom's ability to open up and accept someone for whoever they are, if you ask me, is an astonishing sign of intelligence. So in spite of those bad decision makers and troublemakers at cons, I really do think it's just stereotyping to claim that the whole fandom is dumb because of a few twits. 
by calling the fandom dumb, I think you're making yourself look dumber by neither looking at the full picture or individual furs. And personally, I'd rather stick to the fluffier, more intelligent breed of humankind. Then again, I suppose there's no argument in calling a handful of the avian variety bird brains. Keeping Keep the good work up, folks. Squeaks out Charleston. <laughs> I guess I get first reply, don't I? We do. So... I think he touched on the on what we were just talking about, which is the ostracizing factor, which is what stood out to me, I think, the most there. Uh, other than that, I mean, we do we do have a lot of creativity, and that is that is a form of intelligence, and I would I would agree that that is intelligence, but you can be dumb and be intelligent at the same time. Exactly, and that's what I was going to actually uh, pull out is because I've had actual friends that. Like, their IQ is completely off of the scale, but their reasoning and their common sense are not. So they're socially maladjusted. Exactly. So, um, you know, for instance, they they didn't finish high school because it was too easy. You know, different things like that. They could ace the tests, but they just wouldn't do the homework and stuff like that. So therefore, they wouldn't pass their classes or they wouldn't show up for the classes because, you know, it wasn't challenging for them. So, I mean, do we have a lot of, what I'm pointing out is, do we have a lot of people that are like that in the fandom that are highly, highly intelligent, but, you know. They don't actualize through tests and stuff? We're, we're kind of dumb, you know, socially and emotionally, we, we can't, like, emotionally, we can't pick up the cues, but we are really intelligent, but we're, we just don't. That sounds like Asperger's. Oh. You want, you want some numbers to, to yeah. throw into this to make it interesting? Yeah. All right. Uh, fully 50% of the furry fandom considers themselves to be artists, graphic artists, or like visual artists, and about 40% of furries consider themselves to be writers. Um, 70% of furries, uh, about, depending on the sample, about 70% of furries have some college education, either ongoing or completed degree. And as for Asperger's, it's one of the few things we found is actually more prominent in the furry fandom than the general population by about a factor of two. So we have double the amount of population with Asperger's. Yeah. Now that said, it's still um, it's still like it's like under five percent. So we're not talking about you know twenty percent of furries here. We're talking still about a very small amount. Um, but I, I don't want to create a false dichotomy and say, oh, furries. Uh, aren't book smarts, they're emotionally smart. Or furries, uh, they're emotionally smart, but not book smart. Because 70% of them have, have some kind of college background, and 50% of them consider themselves artists. So we're talking about a group who's, I would consider to be relatively smart, and also relatively creative. Okay, so we can agree that, on a whole, furries are not dumb. But why are they perceived that way, then? Is it just easier for people to group everyone together in a tribe and then attach labels based on the actions of the few people? Is that is that's what's happening? I mean, are you asking me or are you yeah. asking in general? Well, or? I mean, just in general, is that is that why furries get the bad rap of being maladjusted? You you can feel it, Nuka. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, well, I was going to say there's. Um, some well-known psychological research on something called the availability heuristic, which says that we remember things that stand out. And with furries, you got kind of a, and dumb furries, you've got kind of a double whammy. Furries are rare. You know, only about one in 5,000 people is a furry. So 
right right away when you meet a furry. That's rare. But I would also say that being really dumb, like the kind of dumb that gets a con shut down, is also pretty rare. So when you find a furry who's also really dumb, that really stands out in your mind. You remember that kind of dumb. And so when you ask yourself, oh, what are what's the average furry like? That's the first example that comes to people's heads are, are the ones that stand out the most. And so they bias your perception when you're trying to estimate what the average furry is like, they kind of taint it. And so they, they bring down your estimate of the rest of the fandom as a result. Which is why we're doing this episode to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because I, I recognize that that's what a lot of people do is a general thing, right? Like, we yeah. all do that. We all do that. Yeah, that's true. And so I've, that's, that's why I was like, okay, wait, how dumb are we really actually as a group compared to what people are thinking about as Rainforest continues to release new information yeah. about what's happening? So we've, we've kind of explored that topic a little bit, but do furries really ruin everything? <laughs> no, no. Question. <laughs> that is a loaded question, and I have an email about loaded questions. I'm going to read now. Okay. So this one's from Kira. It says, "Talk about a loaded question." What the subject line is: "The fandom dumb." Hey guys, it's Kira the Kitsune, and I saw this topic, and I just had to write a message right away. Now, I wouldn't say the fandom is dumb. The fandom has been acquiring more young people and young-minded people, and they are dumb. This fandom has gone through a metamorphosis. It is not a fandom of anthropomorphic animals. It's a fandom of itself. People come in and become fans of the people who are in it, and they become attached to the caricature of the person they look up to slash obsess over. They create their own stories about the kind of person that this person is, and they will not budge from that because it is what they love and what they want it to be. That is why there are groups in the fandom that will just attack someone for absolutely no reason, because their leader decided that the other person did something, and they have no proof of the thing that was done. But because other people look up to them so much, they cannot be wrong, and thus the said person must be attacked en masse. I wish I knew why these things were happening, but I don't have an answer. I could say that maybe it's because the instant gratification generations are joining the fandom, and they just want everything to be how they want, when they want, and they don't care who gets in their way because they never had to think or care about it ever. That just gives us a bunch of spoiled baby kids along with the generation before them who thought it was always funny to troll. So you put them together and all you get is drama and trolls who want to make the spoiled kids cry and the spoiled kids just keep fighting with them and this creates a mess. And this is a long sentence, sorry. And those who just want to enjoy the art and conversation that comes along with the fandom. So I'm not sure if this will ever go away. At least until the trolls and the kids either leave the fandom or grow out of their ways. Any whore, I forgot what my point was. Signed, Kira. Hmm. I, you know, I don't know if that's, if that's... I don't know about I the. Disagree entirely with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about the the trolls and and spoiled kids. I mean, I I do think that the way children are raised is leading to a different outcome, and that's a completely different show, by the way. Um, the fandom becoming a fandom of itself. I you know I don't know. I don't know if I have any friends though that that like worship one person. <laughs> no. I, I I I see. I don't either. Do you, Rue? Do you know anyone who's like, oh, I'm a fan of X? I mean, I know there are people who have like clicks and yes, but yes, but that are like your close friends. Who? I, not my close friends, but I've. Se- I well, mean, I know there are people out there, but I don't think that's. The, I don't think that's everyone. I think it's just like a small group. I I'll be honest. I I honestly felt like when I ran this group called the Utah Furries, I feel kind of like that's where I was in some point. I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it. Never mind. So, no so that, that email to me sounded like, you damn kids, get out of my fandom. 
Get off my con. Yeah. Well, that's that. That's one of the reasons why I disagree with it. There's sorry, I, I don't want to take go up. go for it. No, you're fine. Okay. Um, there's this tendency to to look retrospectively at the fandom. You get in the fandom, you're in the fandom for five or six years, and you look back and say the fandom isn't what it used to be. You know, these damn and, and replace it with whatever you want. These damn bronies are coming in ruining the fandom. These damn Pokemon fans are coming in and ruining the fandom. Before that, it was these damn Lion King fans are coming in and ruining the fandom. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's not the fact, I think, that the fandom is getting younger and dumber. It's the fact that as people get older, they, you know, they mature. But again, there's a high turnover rate in the fandom. You see a lot of the older furries leave or they go off and they congregate among themselves. And if you're, you know, in your 30s, you're a very different person than you were when you were 19 and you're surrounded by people who are 19. And maybe when you look back, you think I wasn't like that. And the fandom was a different place back then, but I don't think it was, you know, that different. I think it's, it's kind of got that, um, you're looking back on the past with these rose colored glasses, <laughs> the idea that there weren't people who were worshiped or looked up to in the fandom five or 10 years ago or 15 years ago is, is I would argue it's wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know how to address that so much because I haven't seen a lot of hero worship with people that I know, but I've seen it happen online. I've seen it happen with groups of people, but I don't think it's a major problem. These people aren't fielding their personal armies to attack people. I don't know. I don't see it as a major issue, personally. Uh, And certainly not you. Sorry, go ahead. Do we ha- oh, I was just going to make a joke. <laughs> it's going to be the army of uh, of Uncle Kage or something. Oh, like, no. Well, there are people who are looked up to uh, in the fandom. I won't disagree with that, but that's that's any group. And I would also argue that um, this idea of, of drama or internet wars, I mean, you get that with any online fan group or any online community. Look at the Tumblr community and the drama that surrounds the Tumblr community or the YouTube community. Um, that's not unique to furries. <laughs> that is true. Um, so if that's the case, are people dumb? <laughs> are we, yes. Is people in general, <laughs> are all of us somewhat dumb at some point in time? <laughs> people do dumb things. They're not dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I see that's my PC answer. You've never worked in retail. I have worked in retail, actually. <laughs> and you can still say that? He worked in Canadian retail. Oh, it's a different world. <laughs> so are we are we really, really sure? Are we just are we just putting our heads in the sand and not facing the truth? I guess I don't see evidence for furries being dumb. No dumber than take another group of eighteen to twenty-five year old males who are predominantly online. They spend a lot of time online and they spend a lot of their time interested in some kind of aspect of nerd or geek culture and you'll see the same behavior it's it's not unique i mean you you look you know if you want to talk about sort of these kinds of catastrophes that happen at conventions go to any anime convention and look at you know the sexual assaults of cosplayers look at um the rioting of sports fans hell if you look at woodstock which was you know this big hippie music convention there were two fatalities at woodstock (laughs) Yeah, that's why you don't hire the Hell's Angels for security. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, the idea that this is you, this is something that only ever happens in, at furry conventions. I remember talking to um, staff members at uh, 
uh, hotel where FurryCon was happening. And they said that police conventions are ten times worse. <laughs> you know, police officers. Oh, yeah, because they know how to break the law and get away with it. <laughs> I mean, really. Who are you going to call? The police? On the police? We're now. right here. <laughs> yeah. So this idea that, you know, this only happens in the furry fandom. Well, go, go look up stories about how many times the cops get called to, uh, you know, uh, PAX East or San Diego Comic Con. Uh, you know, any generic uh, anime convention, you'll find similar things happen there. So I, I wanted to, I know that was, that was kind of the climax of the discussion, but I just wanted to cover one more base and this is my own curiosity um education is there any kind of a factor in play there or is that a non-factor as far as influencing social behavior slash upbringing slash social normalcy in the fandom um well like i said about 70 percent of furries have some kind of post-secondary education right um, I don't think that you know sitting in a classroom learning about mathematics or philosophy or psychology will somehow um, socialize you or make you socially smart. But I think that is indicative that a lot of furries are, are, are decently well adjusted, well adjusted enough to to at least balance post secondary education with you know having a part time job or you know and then not to mention all the furries who don't get education but work a full time job or have a very well off career. Um, I don't know. I don't think education fixes it, but I think it's sort of a symptom or it's a sign that most furries are, aren't as bad as we think. So when you compare that to the general population, how much higher is that post-secondary education number? Uh, I don't, it's hard to find good numbers on that. I believe I did it once. I found, I, I did the analysis once and I found it was pretty comparable to the general population, if you take a sample of 18 to 25 year olds with about the same gender composition as the furry fandom, you find that it's it's not a far cry from what you see in in any other sample of of the American population. So we have one more email um, on this topic, at least um, from Sparks the Dragon, and he says, "Yes, furries are dumb." <laughs> Yes, oh yes, we are dumb in our own ways. Not from a, an intelligence perspective, but from a common sense one. <laughs> Myself included. I can only give personal... Um, Little anecdotes. Oh, anecdotes for myself. While some regard me as intelligent, and I agree with them, I have very very little common sense i'm also clumsy it seems that this is very common in the furry community while a lot of us are college educated or in the process we can do the dumbest shit just look at what goes on at cons we trip we fall we can be socially inept and just downright odd but we are special in our own little way so yes, fuck, uh, fucking furries ruin everything, <laughs> which isn't always a bad thing. Sparks the dragon. <laughs> Colorful. <laughs> Your response, Mr. Rucci. Uh, you know, I agree. I, just, just where I'm coming from, I, I'm still of the feeling that I just, I just feel like that most of us come from a background where we're um, 
you know, we're learning. We're we're growing. You know, most of us, like you said, were bullied. Um, when in our upbringing, not all of us by no means, but we've been in a, you know, in a place in our life that that this is, you know, once we find the furry fandom, we found this place that that accepts us, and so therefore, you know, this is kind of our first time going on a date you know it's kind of a little (laughs) bit awkward if that makes any sense um you know things things go out of hand sometimes and i think that we're just all learning and all growing and sometimes we do need to be a little bit more patient with each other but um you know we're all at these different levels and you know we need to be there for each other to help each other um, you know, and to make the fandom better. There you go. Okay, so before we get Arcus's final thoughts, Nuka, what are your final conclusions based on the argument slash your final thoughts? Um, I wanted to make two points really quickly that Quick won't, point. I guess, answer the question, but they're they're my, I guess, kind of parting thoughts. Uh, one is I wanted to thank. Uh, was it Sparks the Dragon? Or yeah, that's the last email. Spark. Yep. Um, yeah, because uh, we get our best ideas for research from fans, and that one just inspired me to this. Uh, what he calls common sense, a lot of psychologists would call wisdom, and there's actually ways of measuring wisdom. And don't be surprised if in a year we have some data on that. I, I jotted that idea down already in my little idea book. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and the other point I was going to make, just about social awkwardness, um, there is, surprise, surprise, a social awkwardness scale. And we did find one group that's more socially awkward than furries. Is it bronies? Is it bronies? <laughs> online anime fans. So furries, you can rest well knowing that there's at least one more group more socially awkward than you are. Oh, good. We're not at the bottom of the barrel, but we can see it. <laughs> We're just right there. <laughs> we are the middle of the Oreo. Second from the, second from the bottom. <laughs> that's okay. We can help those anime fans. We are the runner up. <laughs> <laughs> so so ultimately you would argue then that we are not dumb i would argue that there are there are individuals who are dumb but they are certainly not the majority uh of the fandom and i think you you would find that in any group especially given the fact that we seem to have this the the perfect storm for dumb people i think we actually have less dumb people than you would expect looking at all the factors at play so okay all right, Arcus, what are your final thoughts? Um, I would be on board with that. I don't think furries as a as a population are dumb. There are definitely dumb furries out there, and they're painfully obvious. Did, did you <laughs> learn anything tonight? <laughs> I did. I think I grew a little bit. Good, good. Did your heart grow one size? <laughs> no, that's his nose. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's go to our last break, and then we're going to come back and play... The game. The game. You're listening to For What It's Worth. Brought to you by For What It's Worth brand cloud storage. When you've got too many clouds and you don't know where to put them, think for what it's worth. That's how that works, right? I keep hearing about this cloud thing and it's got me wondering why the kids are suddenly so interested in the weather all the time. What? Draw data on a server off-site? What, like storing a passport, bundle of cash, and a novelty mustache in a double bag at the locker at the airport? That seems terribly inconvenient. Fine, fine, I'll read the copy. Damn thing doesn't make any sense anyway. 
The What Is Worth brand cloud storage respects your privacy and promises to never, ever, ever look at anything you store on our servers. Unless we think it's funny. Or incriminating. Then we'll laugh at you. And if you don't want to keep photos of your pet digital monster in our care, no matter how naughty they are, you can always contribute to the Patreon campaign. That way, Ruin Tugs can simply buy copies of your naughty photos from whoever plans on blackmailing you. They may or may not have gotten them from For What It's Worth brand cloud storage. For What It's Worth brand cloud storage. You can trust us. Really. I like being eaten. Oh, shut up. <laughs> uh, why did you have to press that? <laughs> well, I was hoping the whole episode. No, it's like any the horror. The whole episode. <laughs> no, it's not in any horror. It's not. Oh, my gosh. It is. Okay, so <sighs> so uh, it is time for the fun part of the show, the part you wait for in which we must blitz through a lot of content. So let's kick things off with the game. The game. You're supposed to do it with me. You I'm failed. sorry. So, Rue, please read today's game instructions. Today is about dumb law. How dumb are politicians? The instructions state our politician, politicians are dumb. Naturally, the laws they pass are also as often as dumb. Can you guess where the dumbest politicians are? After choosing the work as a team or separately. To work as a team or separately? What? You said the work. Oh. The, the words. Oh, after choosing. Reading is pretty hard. Yes, reading <laughs> is hard, especially for me. Hooked on phonics works for me. Okay. After choosing the work as a team or separately, you'll be asked 10 questions for a possible total of 10 points. So, Arcus, put your phone away. You can't cheat. Nuka, you can't cheat either, although I have no way in which to make sure you don't cheat. Do you, my word. Do you have? Do you prefer to work as a team, you two, or would you like to compete? Um, I play well with others, but I guess that's Arcus. Yeah, cooperative works. That's okay. Fine. All right. Question one. Which state has a law stating if you are a parent to two illegitimate children, you will go to jail for one month? This isn't fair. I'm Canadian. Man, I don't have your states. I don't know. It, it sounds like the South, but... Uh, hmm. My default answer for dumb laws will be Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Texas? Well, I don't... Sure, let's go with Texas. Uh... We have 49 to go. <laughs> the answer is Mississippi. Oh, I was right. It We're was close. the South. That's the first time I had ever actually typed the word out, Mississippi, as an adult. Man, that was actually, I was, believe it or not, thinking that as the second choice. You should have spoken. I know. I really should have. Next time, I'll follow my instincts. You need to be more of a teammate here. <laughs> so question number two. Let's see if you can get this one right. The state, uh, what state prohibits ropes? from being strung across any highway. Um, Obviously, that's got to be a liberal state. <laughs> I feel like southern states would like, you know, stringing them up by the ropes. Or... Right, yeah. They're... <laughs> that would be more southern. Maybe Midwest somewhere. I get... Or maybe California. I feel like that's the kind of really weird, quirky law that California might have. Yeah, yeah. I could see California doing that. Let's go with California. Uh, See, your problem is you're listening to the Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is Rhode Island. I wouldn't have got that anyway. I know. what Rhode Island, they're like tiny. Why are they even caring about this? Right. All right. Question three. What state allows persons under 21 to drink 
but only if they're enrolled in a culinary education program. Hmm. Oh, I've actually heard of this law before. Tennessee, maybe? Oh. Uh, I don't know where it's from, but I've heard of that law. Yeah. Couldn't tell you. Well, sounds pretty liberal. Let's go with Washington. D.C. Sure. or state? State. Nuka, do you do you concur? I have no reason to argue. <laughs> we are bad at this. It's Illinois. I see. All right. We so should, we should at least be given like a section of the country so we could narrow it down. No, this is <laughs> we are testing your knowledge of dumb politicians. So far, I'm proud that you are not getting any of these right. Yeah, I feel kind of vindicated in a way. <laughs> <laughs> So what state has a law requiring you to exercise caution near the rear edge the of right the edge. Oh, oh the right edge of the mountain highway? I feel like that's a Colorado law. It's gotta be along the Rockies. The right edge? Let's see. So if you're well hmm. Well you said a mountain, right? And I feel like, you know, it's gotta yeah. be one of those states that has some well, you know, the, the 101 goes through the Sierra Nevadas, but yeah, we can go. Uh, you know, you don't have to go with me. I, I don't know. Colorado's no. the only state that Let, I can Let's go Wyoming. Can... Stupid politicians in Wyoming seem to make sense <laughs> to me. Oh, wow. Zing. The answer is Nebraska. So why is this a dumb law? Do they <laughs> have mountains actually, in there? I actually wrote in the notes. Tugs will explain why this is dumb. Um... Nebraska has no mountains. Yeah. Oh. So, but they made a law about this in Nebraska. <laughs> Saving lives. Wow. It's okay. important. So whenever you're driving on those Nebraska mountain roads, <laughs> make sure take to take caution. <laughs> All right. Question five. What city prohibits palm readings within the city limits? Huh. This has got to be a religious thing. I don't know the basis of it. Houston. Or Texas, I guess. If the city of Texas. Wisconsin, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did you ask for city or state? City. city. Oh, good. So, so now it's not a 1 in 50. It's like a 1 in 10,000. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Mobile, Alabama. And Nuka? Uh, just to spread out the chance that one of us will get one of these right, I'm going to guess Houston, Texas. Are we going to accept two guesses? Two in 10,000. Sure. Okay, we'll accept two guesses because the odds are still pretty good. Uh, the answer is Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Oh, that, that was going to be my next choice. You know, was... <laughs> You're like close. You should go to Cedar Rapids and see if someone will give you a palm reading just for the hell of it. <laughs> All right, now here's the furry question of the game. Okay, what city restricts the molestation of animals to policemen and animal service officials. So where, they're allowed to molest animals, but not non-policemen. So where do you find these laws? Well, I, why, don't you, why don't you guess, and then I'll tell you where this law right. is found. So can you say it again? So it's, it's, it's molestation is, is only police officers and service worker or people who work with service animals can molest animals? Animal services. Good? Animal services. Okay. So like animal control. Let's go Chicago because it's the most random city I, I can think of. Yeah, it sounds like something the Chicago police might do. All no, right. no, you need to pick a different one so that we have, we, we broaden all our right, chances all right, of all right, getting all right. a winner. Let's go um, Charlotte. 
Which Charlotte? North Carolina. Charlotte Webb. <laughs> okay, before you say, or before we say, okay, what's the most craziest? It is Utah, by the way. Yeah. This is a city in Utah. But it's Salt a city, city in Utah, so guess which city it is. Uh, I literally only know Br- Salt Lake Brigham City. Brigham City? No, it is not. No? It is Ogden. Ogden? Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> I just expect to go to Ogden. Not that I ever go to Ogden because now it's ghetto. Now you have no reason to go. No, I, like, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to be like, I'm going to expect like a cop to be holding a dog up and be like, <laughs> and be like what is going on? I can do this. You lucky bastard. <laughs> what are they doing in Ogden? That's, man. <laughs> All right. Question seven. There Actually, by the way, there was a question um, about which state, and this is not it, but which state prohibits uh, teaching about polygamy, and I th- almost put that in here to throw people off, but I didn't. Um, question seven. What state prohibits wives from opening their husband's mail? Uh, <laughs> let's see. Nevada. Why not? I'll go with uh, Louisiana. Uh, you guys are doing great. The answer is Montana. <laughs> I, I was like, well, of course Montana would have yeah. done that. Why I wouldn't it? Right. But yeah. is it okay for the husband to open his wife's mail? Yes. Oh, that's creepy. Uh, duh, that's a given. <laughs> it's Montana. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> Welcome to the patriarchy. What? Okay, question number eight. What city has a law on the books requiring citizens to bathe Sunday evenings? Well, that's got to be a southern law. Yeah, yeah. I've been to those places. Hey, I say if they get the state that it's in, they get the point. An imaginary point. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I guess, what's the city? I don't even know. What's the city in Alabama? Uh, there's Mobile. Which sure, we'll go with that one. Mobile, Alabama. All right. I'll, I'll go with uh, Jackson, Mississippi, just to keep it in the South. Uh, it's your question. Go ahead. Bar, Vermont. Bar, Vermont. Huh? Yep. I've never heard of that city. There's no way I would have got that. I've right. barely heard of that state. <laughs> <laughs> I drove through it once. That's why Vermont smells so good. Everybody bathes. All right. Now, here's a really important question. What state prohibits using firearms for fishing? (laughs) I've I've heard of this law. Again, I've heard of this law probably on a cracked article somewhere. No idea where it is. I thought that was prohibited everywhere. No, that's dynamite. It's prohibited by smart brains. (laughs) Well, it's not a a southern state, I'm guessing, because they use your gun for pretty much anything in the south yeah you can use your your gun to unlock a door in the south like it's no big deal in, in texas it is illegal to fish using dynamite so i'll i'll guess oregon oh, what's 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 the, what's the state with the least amount of water in it i'm gonna guess that's why it's dumb uh <laughs> nevada i'm gonna guess let's go, let's go in nevada <laughs> uh, wyoming Wyoming. Oh. Damn you, Wyoming. <laughs> I knew they'd get at least one. <laughs> All right, so they are scoreless, correct, Corey? Yeah. Okay, good. You guys are doing fine. Number 10. Which state prohibits placing a container with fecal matter on the side of any highway? Not a state I want to be in, for starters. <laughs> what, you, wait, 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 wait. You want to go to a state where you can just put containers of fecal matter on the highway? Where else am I supposed to put it? 
in the woods. It's what you call a trucker bomb. It's <laughs> a trucker hydrogen bomb, maybe. Carbon bombs. Uh, okay. Um, Pennsylvania. Why not? That's a that's a good state. Well, it seems there's a lot of uh, desolate highway in Nevada, so I'm gonna go with that. All right. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> You fail. You fail. It is Man. Oregon. Oregon. Yeah. I'm always one off. <laughs> you, I know you guessed the state that was actually in here, and you were on the wrong question. So, good job. You guys don't know anything about dumb politicians. Which is okay. It really yeah. is. Now, I could have put a Harper question in here, and you probably would have been all over that. Oh, yeah. Well, not anymore, because Harper's out, so. I know. I bet you're real happy about that. I have no sh- I, I I remain apolitical. <laughs> ah, as a good scholar it is. All right, so that means it's time to move on to the next topic. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> You're so terrible. <laughs> Here's the next topic. All right, we've pulled the zipper down. <laughs> It's time for the mailbag. It is that time for us to re... Oh, wow, I can't speak today. Wow. Okay, it is that. It is time for us to read what you've sent to us. <laughs> oh, my God. In the mailbag. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I like where this is going. Uh. <laughs> Arcus is going to kick it off. He has the great Zoltar's email. Hi, Ruin Tugs. I'm Zoltar, a gay orange and black timber wolf from the mighty Windy City. I love your podcast. You guys are hilarious and truly helpful when it comes to the cold hard facts. I've been a part of the fandom for three years now and I'm beginning to experiment and explore the world of inflation. I come from a fairly sheltered family, triple whammy for them to find out. And your podcast is really the only connection to the fandom that I have and it would be great for you guys to do an episode on inflation as I really can't explore that realm for myself at the time being. Anywho, any whore, love you guys. Keep up the good work. Hugs from Zolthar. Now, are we talking about inflation like money? I don't or, know. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> so tell us about your inflation fetish, Arcus. No. <laughs> so, yeah, I I don't know much about inflation, but... Uh, good. Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> well, we'll have to think about that for a topic. I uh, We have a couple of local people that... We could pull in for that episode. Or blow up for that episode. Or blow up, yes. <laughs> we do appreciate you guys sending us topics. I know that we say that and we haven't actually done one yet, but here's the thing. It does take us a while to actually work them in to where it makes sense. So don't think we're ignoring you. We do do those topics. It just has to fit in at the right time. And we have to be able to find a guest for it. There's been a couple of one, a couple of topics that we've had to kind of bypass because we didn't actually find somebody that we felt... But we do put them in our idea bucket. We do. So, all right. My next email is from Torpor. He says, um, I'm going to kind of have to uh, read this express style. Um, It's just a little long. He says, my dear Rue and Tugs. Oh, here is dear. Um, Here's more chattering from Torpor, your devoted North American porcupine fan. 
I am a male who undeniably appreciates and desires the physical form of other males. Photos of naked muscular guys on the walls of my condo serve as ample evidence of my orientation north. Dicks of every description in every direction I am, however, only gay in a theoretical sense, so I might not be the ideal candidate to write about coming out, which was our topic two episodes ago. Uh, I came of age during the AIDS and herpes hysteria of the 80s when it was called GRID. I couldn't justify seeking out casual sex. Achieving and maintaining an erection is a struggle when you perceive all potential hookups as lying sacks of contagion. I didn't possess the charisma or the appropriate physical attributes to inspire the local gay men to consider me in a long-term relationship, so dating was not an option. Over time, I learned to cope with the lack of skin-to-skin contact within my deep fortress of solitude, or my dictopia. I've done what I could to suppress any mention of sexuality in front of my family in deference to the indelible shame that they associate with my lifestyle. My mother's relatives dominated my upbringing, and they regarded sex with utter disdain. From their perspective, sex served two purposes, procreation and mortification. No one ever spoke of sexual matters, straight or otherwise, regardless of the horrid and inevitable consequences. My father simply drank himself unconscious every night, and he did so in order to cope with the embarrassment of having a hypersensitive artistic son, and that was his choice to make. To his credit, at least he had the decency to keep a secret porn collection under the towels in the bathroom cabinet. External forces have, on occasion, shoved my sexuality into the spotlight, however, and I suppose those are the kinds of stories you're seeking. When I was in my teens, the public library sent a notification that I had an overdue library book. When my mother went through my belongings to retrieve it, she found something in my bedroom in a trunk. Something of a blatantly homosexual nature. Was it a Gordon Merrick paperback? Was it The Joy of Gay Sex? Was it a back issue of Blue Boy of Torso or Honcho? I never found out. When my father confronted me with the unspecified discovery, he only told me to stop wasting money on shit like that. Fine, Pops, I'll just continue to borrow yours. I can get off on the straight stuff if the male performer is handsome, built, and hung. 54 years of life, if you can call it that, have passed, when my parents have passed. I have a few unrequited crushes, some devastating, but no attachments. The likelihood of establishing even simple friendships, particularly within the fandom, is essentially zero. Megaplex was particularly brutal. Evidently, my heart is just too stupid to grasp the concept of futility and stop beating. I ask you to please treasure the love that you have inspired amongst friends, lovers, and fans. Unconditional love that encircles you in a priceless embrace. I guess I'm obligated to end with a trace of optimism, so here it is. My surviving kinfolk dismiss me as the family fag, not for any suspected sexual act, but because I don't drive a pickup truck or indiscriminately shoot defenseless animals. The remark sounds like a joke, but I'm serious. Ideally, I would like to have done something to earn the notoriety but that wasn't the case since i'm an abomination though i don't have anything to lose i have been a little freer in revealing my feelings lately such as acknowledging my to my pentecostal christian sister that i find a random male stranger attractive the words hang in the air useless fastidiously ignored but they spring forth from an undeniable radiant truth respectfully torpor that is a heavy email. It is a heavy email. I will say this. I'm not 54, so I don't have the benefit of life experience. I do have the benefit of knowing what it's like <clears throat> to be in and out. And you will be much happier if you are out. So if you can find somewhere to be yourself and be out, you will find happiness. I 100% agree. And I personally feel... That until you have made your last breath, there's time for everyone, you know. There are there are plenty of elder gay support groups out there. Fifty four is what they fall into. I don't I don't think he's old, but that's what they call him. 
Well, there's tons and tons of grafers that I know out there in the community that are amazing people. Yep. Yep. You have to be true to yourself. And if you're not, you will be sad and alone, unfortunately. Yep. You have anything to add, Nuka? Um, on the idea of coming out, uh, the research does show that unless there's a specific, you know, like uh, someone who's going, you're going to get kicked out by your landlord or something like that. Generally, the research shows that people who are out tend to be happier. They tend to have a lot less stress in their lives. And it's actually better for your physical health, too. Uh, you know, that kind of, you know, living in the closet for that long um, takes its toll on you physically. Um, you start to suffer for it physically, psychologically. So try to find a place where you can, you know, and the Furry Phantom is a great place to be you. So. Yep. And good luck. I mean, it's, it's, it's ne- they're saying it's never too late. Okay. Well, guess what, Tugs? I have a surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me about. Well, your, it was supposed t- to. Tell it, me it about was your, supposed to be a surprise. You killed my joke. Oh, what's the joke? No, you killed it. Um, oh, what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> so we got a package sent in to us from Leo, and it was supposed to be a surprise, and that's why he sent it. Sent it. The way that he did. Okay. So, um, all right. I'm going to go ahead and open this. So we have a package review here. A package review? Is it going to be a topless package? A topless package. He's opening the box right now, ladies and gentlemen. Where'd you get a big old knife? Why Why are you coming to the show with a knife? Our sound no, guy No, that's mine. As long as he doesn't awesome. kill himself Why are you coming it? to the show with a knife? Why is everyone coming to the show with weapons? We're in our house. I have to protect myself from people. This is Salt Lake. There, the lights are now appropriately lit. I just cut myself. I can't see. Do you you want to talk about it? (laughs) Mosseltov! All right, so he's opening the box. It's a send it your way box. Um, And there, what the hell? All right, so there's first a letter in here. Oh, look at this. It's on fancy paper. He says, hello, FWIW. Well, any whore? Sadly, by the time you get this package, Christmas will be over, but please enjoy the gifts. I tried to get you guys gifts you'll enjoy and thank a little Ryan Red Fox's help. On the other paw, I want to say I'm grateful for all the people, my mom for helping me get a job, my grandma for her support, my friends for being with me through thick and thin, and you guys for reading everything I send in. Everything. I hope you enjoyed the gifts and have a merry late Christmas and have a happy new year. P.S. Don't fire breath. I'll draw his Sona any way he wants as his gift. Sincerely, Leo the Artist, Circle Circle. All right. So this is Tugs, his gift. Oh, oh so this is the gift. the gifting. Ah, bedtime. Sorry, I have to stretch. It's a bedtime. <laughs> I'm a little confused at why he has a whisker coming out of his ear. I don't know. I have a bedtime with the whisker in his ear. That is a cool Christmas gift. I think that's supposed to be one of those uh, tag. You were ruining my joke. Tags. I you can't you can't even put what you just did to my joke on the side of a highway in Oregon. <laughs> Thank you, Leo. Okay, and this is for Koru. Oh well, I'm gonna be a package runner. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, 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 oh my god 
so it's a Donald Duck plush, and if you don't know what that means, you need to listen to the hundredth episode because it's awesome. <laughs> Thank oh. you so much. Oh. But actually, Koru has a second gift in here. Oh shit. <laughs> Who's got the sweetest disposition? One guess, guess who? A Disney amiibo. A Disney amiibo. A Disney amiibo. (laughs) (laughs) So it's a Disney Affinity Donald Duck. I now have two more things to go with that pin. Thank you so much. I love this. That's awesome. I love this. Now, I'm not quite sure. I think this might be yours as well. I'm not sure, actually. Me? I have the trippiest looking grumpy bear ever. Like he's got striped, not striped, zigzags on all over his body. Like zigzag fur. This is odd. I love it though. Oh, what? Oh, you can buy an app for it. There's an app for this bear. (laughs) (laughs) There's an app for this bear. This bear has an app. What does it do? Welcome to the future, my friend. (laughs) I know I had to install antivirus on the TV the other day. Um, I don't know. It just says there's an app. It doesn't. It doesn't say anything else. You should totally get the app and, it and use tell, it. I don't know. I have to look it up. I'll, I'll, <laughs> there will be more on the next show. I, I'm going to look up a photo of this thing because I got to send it to everyone. Um, continue, please. Oh, it just says discover apps, games, and videos at CareBears.com and get more on Google Play and App Store. Mm-hmm, I'll show you. So I'm not 100% sure if this is for me, but I'm guessing it is. Um, the Fox and the Hound and Fox and the Hound 2 DVD, which happens to be my favorite movie. Now, this other thing that I saw in here, I'm about ready to squee over. Is it a dildo? It is an amiibo. It is a fox amiibo. But there's something special about this fox. Is that he's painted it as my persona. Oh, What? Oh, that's pretty cool. That's badass. That is so cool. See, I need them to make an amiibo that can be painted to look like me. You have no idea how many times... Like, I actually... How many amiibo did he kill? What's hilarious is I actually went and bought an extra fox, and I was going to give that to somebody to actually paint. So, you you beat that to the punch. So, I wanted a fox that was... That was painted that way, so... Good on you for getting the gift that I that I really really wanted. That's awesome. Thank you. Now he wants tails bursting out of pants for Christmas. Ooh, yes, please. <laughs> so thank you so much, Leo, for the the Christmas presents and the yes. Kindness. Thank you. That was thank super you. cool. He put a lot of time and a lot of effort into it. Yeah, yeah. I will write him in a moment. All right. Thanks, guests, for watching us open our Christmas gifts. You get nothing. <laughs> I just I just listened to you open your Christmas gifts. Right, you didn't even get the, the privilege of seeing it. <laughs> I got the play by play and a photo. He's just looking at the amoeba. All right, all right, all right. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. I know what's next. This is what's next is. <laughs> Housekeeping. No. Housekeeping. It's time for the last little bit of the show. House house creeping. House creeping. House peeping. All right, so everybody, please comment on this on this show site. 
Yes, if you comment on the show site, as always, it makes it look like people actually listen to the show and are engaged with us. So, go leave your comments now. Uh-oh, Arcus has something important to say. No, snark it up. Let's hear it. No, no, I'm just adjusting the mic. Oh, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> um, follow us on social media. At For What It's Worth on Twitter. Ask Nuka where the ARP is located. Yeah, where's the ARP? Um, so you can find our research. If you uh, type in anthropomorphic research project into Google, we are literally the first thing that comes up. Why do you not have a domain name? Uh, because that requires funding and also someone who's intelligent at computer stuff. Which... Okay, I'll do it right now. <laughs> uh, no, I'm serious. I'll do it right now. What do you want? What do you want your domain name to be? Uh, <laughs> you guys... I have to get back to me on that one. I have okay. to talk to my colleagues about that. Okay, I'll just make one up. It'll probably be like notfacts.com or something, <laughs> but K N O T. Oh, that, that'll be great to put on our our grant applications to the Canadian government. They'll like that. <laughs> Tyingthenotfacts.com. Oh, we'll figure it out. Like not, I don't get it. Not to explain why. And that'll be even more fun. <laughs> Where can Arcus make friends? What? So if someone, if someone wants to contact you, Arcus, because they want to have a debate with you, where can um, they make friends with you? Um, I have a Skype, which is Arcus Bear. So you can find me there. Or you can find me on For Affinity, also Arcus Bear. Now, no one knows how to spell Arcus but me, so would you mind spelling it's that? A-R-C-A-S. There you go. A-R-C-A-S. Also, I think I'm going to buy VoidArp.com because it's a Final Fantasy XIV joke. Ha. It's Void Arc. Ha. Thank you. So the next episode um, is we're actually going to be at FC. So it's going to be the best of um, for what it's worth. So we'll throw out an episode there for you. Just so you think that we're here. So that you know that we're still alive. So we'll pull something from the archives and put it up on there. Yep. And then, after that, we'll be talking about furries and copywriting. Not copywriting. That's a completely different oh, thing. Oh, copyright. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> copywriting is what we need to do. <laughs> so, what exactly do you want to hear from our audience? Well, our fandom has a very fast and loose definition of its understanding of copyright. People have varying opinions on copyright, so we want to talk about it, and then we will also pull out what the real copyright law says, and maybe con consolidate the two. Either way, you might learn something. Yay. Has Sorry. your art been stolen and recolored? Do Mine you, has. Do you own your character? <laughs> do you not own your character? Do you own art of your character? Do you not? Should you be asking the artist when you commission art if you get to own the rights to that art? Should they be allowed to sell prints of your character? How do you feel about these things? These are all questions that you should be asking now through once, email. <laughs> yes, please send it to cast at forwhatitsworth.com. We also would love to actually hear audio files. Um, we love hearing from you guys. So if you want to, please send us an audio file of what you think. And we'll put that in as well. But we get the copyright on it. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And lastly... We just want to thank our lovely support staff. We want to thank Firebreath for always recording his wonderful lines and being just an all-awesome French-Canadian. And we want to thank Koru for all of his audio support. And winding up all those cables. Yes. It is lots, a pain. Lots of cables. 
Yes. So don't forget them. If you just want to give them a shout out, they are on the For What It's Worth emails. So Fire Breath at For What It's Worth or Koru at For What It's Worth. Tell them you love them. They actually enjoy that a great deal. And then we don't have to feed them their food that day. <laughs> but not only that, once one more time, we want to thank both of our guests for coming and joining us today. Yes, we hope you had a good time. My pleasure. Good times, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, this has been Rue. This is Tugs. And Koru. And Arcus. Say your name. Oh, and Nuka. <laughs> and this has been For, for What, what it's, it's Worth. Yes! You guys still have to say the show name together. For What It's Worth. It's worth. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I love how you say it. For what it's worth? Question mark. (laughs) 